0: Hello and welcome to How to Build a Theatre, a podcast charting the foundation and growth of an English language theatre in Brussels. My name is Phil Wilcox, a singer uh, and uh, outreach coordinator living in London.
1: And my name is Edward McMillan, the artistic director and co-founder of the Bridge Theatre here in Brussels. Hi Phil, how are you doing? Hi Ed, yeah,
0: I'm very good, thank you. Uh, I've got a little bit of a cold coming on, so apologies if I'm a little hoarse today.
1: (sighs) Apology accepted.
0: Thank you. It's it's not the dreaded Rona, though. I think we're okay.
1: How are you? Uh, busy, excited, um, and uh, yeah, ready to have a little chat with you today on our podcast. So what are we talking about, actually? We
0: have a very exciting date. In fact, an anniversary coming up, don't we, at the bridge. Okay. Tell me more. As if you don't know, playing coy with me. Tomorrow <laughs> is exactly one year to the day that now let me well, you probably should get this right. It's one year to the day that the company was registered, is that right?
1: Exactly,
0: yes, exactly. Ah, yeah. So we're a year old. Happy, Happy birthday.
1: birthday. Woo! Woo! <laughs>
0: Um, so happy birthday to us and happy birthday to you as founder of the Bridge Theatre in Brussels. Um, um but we thought we'd take a time just to go back to go back to base. Go back to episode 1 and just just you and I have a little chat about the bridge and, and find out where we are and where we're going. So um how do you think it's been? How was your how was, uh, how's the first year been?
1: Such an open question Phil. Thanks.
0: Uh <laughs> isn't it isn't it you know. <laughs>
1: we'll, we'll get more specific I promise. Uh it's been <laughs> Uh, a journey, a massive journey. Um, you know, I have this. I had this vision in my head of what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go, uh, which I still have in my head. And we're not there yet. Uh, but you know, obviously, the journey of how to get to that place was less clear to me at the very beginning. Um, and so it's kind of been fine about finding the- a way through uh, that uh, makes this uh, theater venture kind of work work for us and work also for Brussels as well. So it's been great. It's been extremely all engulfing as any new business venture can be as any entrepreneurs out there will know. Um, and But it's been fascinating and really exciting. And I am, despite all the challenges, which we might get onto, I'm still extremely happy that I quit my job at the European Commission and went into this venture and and try and create a new theatre for Brussels.
0: Well, and it's going from from my point of view over here in London, but also catching up for listeners who don't know. Ed and I are old school friends, which is how we come to do this um, this podcast together. Um, the uh, and catching up with you over um, Christmas, I think we we all got together. Um, it was great to hear how uh, how much you you've managed to achieve and how quickly you went sort of full time on the project as well as as like you say as an entrepreneur, being able to adjust your the whole your whole life not just make it a sort of side project that was running alongside your your other job or your main job or whatever but actually how quickly it it became your your whole life yeah
1: yeah I mean I you know I I had I first started thinking about the bridge uh, maybe I don't know three years ago now I guess. Uh, and kind of from that moment on, I was always thinking about, okay, how, how can we make this project financially viable? And also, how can I uh, commit myself full time to this project? And so I, I mean, I was very lucky to be on a, on a quite a well, relatively well paying uh, job. Uh, in the European Commission, and I saved a lot of that money, and that enabled me to to kind of do the things that, that that we're doing now, and have a bit of a little bit of financial security to my in my own personal situation. I mean, and and this kind of project needs this full time input basically to make it work, and it needs it needs more than just one person. And I think that uh, you know, the first few months were were. Difficult, but I mean, I still had the excitement of this is a new project. Uh, let's go for it. But it was also extremely difficult because it was just me and going in lots of different directions. And especially when you have nothing to show for for your work, I fe- I very much felt sometimes that I was basically you know fake it until you make it kind of thing like like i i had no, no nothing to show from nothing to show just me talking like trying to persuade people of the project and some people uh, well, quite a lot of people actually kind of bit this and 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 they saw the potential in the project and i guess i guess through through that we've slowly managed to expand the circle of people who from just me to 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 a slowly mm-hmm. growing circle of people who are kind of involved in the project and that is so exciting for me because it means that you know slowly, slowly over this past year, it's become bigger than me, and it's it's now an entity on its own, basically, which is really cool. Amazing. Um,
0: we'll we'll come back to that. I think we'll come back to your sort of the, your personal uh, involvement in the breed. Um, but to give everyone a sort of overview of the year. Um. So you were registered towards the end of February last year, and although, like you say, you'd been thinking about it for a bit of time beforehand, so you'd kind of hit the ground running, and that was registering the company was was, was part of the of the foundation of the, of the project, wasn't it? Um, by summer, you were already actually running events, so you had the summer workshops, didn't you, towards the end of August. Following that, then, you... Um, you produced Vincent River, wasn't it? And that was October, November time. And around the same time, you had some um, further workshop. Was it, was it the All Together Now? Exactly. Yeah. So it's been a busy now, you know, I think things in life are relative. But I know that, that that's a busy year for you, because you're you're setting up everything from scratch, you know, um, a company which has been running for 50 years and has got 300 people on the payroll or something that might be a quiet year for them but i know that that's gonna that's gonna be a busy year for you and because and, you're always while you're running one thing you're always looking to the next two or three things and trying to look further and further down the line how are you how are you finding that how far ahead are you uh, able to plan at the moment
1: i mean i mean maybe just to go back on on those three three initial things that we did which we kind of uh, put together as a pilot season i mean uh, as i as i kind of mentioned before at the very beginning in the first few months, uh, it was really psychologically difficult for me to, to be putting myself out there and to be saying, hey guys, give us support when we didn't really have anything to show. So it was important for me to kind of do things quite early on that we could say, look, this is the kind of thing that, w- that we could do or can do in the future, uh, please support us. Or if you want to see more of this, um, um, give us your time or whatever your energies uh, and, and, and help us grow this theater. For us, participation side of things, and especially especially with uh, kind of older like teenagers, basically older older young people, and and also adults, that's that is important for us, and that's why I kind of wanted to start with this with this summer workshop, um, this summer stage, uh, one week of intensive tuition. And it was really scary to, to set up, actually. And also, it was balancing lots of different things. And as an unknown entity, we just didn't really know if, if anyone would come, if anyone would sign up. And in, in the end, it was extremely successful. We had 40 people, which was a, a really nice number. And they were all doing different activities and on kind of a, on a rotational timetable. And we, we put together, even despite COVID, we put together a little kind of showcase for parents on the final Friday of this week-long course. And that was really nice. And and, and that, was, that was part of the plan. But I have to say, I have to admit a little bit that both All Together Now and Vincent River weren't really part of the initial business plan. So actually, they both actually came a lot earlier than I was expecting. So I was expecting our first production to be more like May, June 2022. It came about Purely because we had an opportunity to, to put on something and, and and we wanted to grab that opportunity and, and make this project much more concrete and real, which it did. And that was that was the amazing thing about Vincent River. It suddenly made the Bridge Theatre into, much more than the summer workshop, it made the Bridge Theatre into an entity that existed in, in the minds and hopefully the hearts of people as well. And Altogether Now was similarly a bit... Um, uh, uh, unexpected in a way it was just an opportunity that uh, that I saw it was this part of this big global event of everyone doing the same show over the same weekend uh, as a kind of post theoretically, post-Covid get-together. And I thought it so nicely embodied the values of the Bridge Theatre, which is all about connecting people through culture, Uh, that I just thought we had to get involved in that. And that's, that's part of the reason why we did it, even though it wasn't really part of the original business plan at, per se. So... Yes, it was extremely busy in those first few months, especially from August until November. I mean, having those three events pretty much at the same time was very busy and very um, tough, but also extremely exciting.
0: It kind of uh, what you said there about um, sort of having to mould and change your your business plan essentially even, in, even within the first sort of six months to a year. Um, it was kind of summing up that, that like you say that post-Covid period wasn't it you know there were lots of arts organizations basically with stuff ready to go and we were in and out of lockdown and sometimes that would literally cut things off at the you know in in technical rehearsal weeks and stuff like that and and, or or just after the dress had done and then the lockdown would come in and absolutely scupper it so there was all this sort of stuff either already on the boil you know ready to get thrown onto stage as soon as we could open up again or uh, in, in people's minds, you know, there's a bit of a sort of like a traffic jam of like we would normally have been able to put on X number of productions, but because of COVID and because of lockdowns, we haven't been able to do any. So we've got this backlog that we just want to get out there and we want to get on with it as quickly as possible. Um perhaps for a a new theatre, a foundling theatre, if you will. It was actually, dare I say, there's silver linings to the COVID situation. You know, it gave you that space to be, to to have this stuff ready on the boil to go. And as soon as you were able to, as as soon as you knew you could get a venue, get the creators in the same space to rehearse, and also then to get an audience into the same building safely, you could just hit go on it. And it seems that that's what you've done.
1: I absolutely agree with you, Phil. Actually, a lot of people have said to us in general, "Oh, COVID is a very uh, um, ambitious time to launch a new theatre, It was a very risky time." And actually, no, I think it's it's the perfect time. Partly because we we like, I felt very, I do feel very sorry for all the cultural institutions who were having to deal with all the COVID issues that the uh, over the past two years. I mean, it's, and all the artists as well. It's a dreadful time; very difficult to plan anything. I think uh, doing the summer workshop was a bit of a risk but you know it's summer we we saw the numbers like you can kind of see a see a pattern during the covid so i didn't think it was that much of a risk and in a way okay if you can if you in the end if you had to cancel then you cancel and there were challenges for covid with regards to the summer workshop as you know well failed because the original plan actually was to build a bridge with the uk and bring over uk uh based performers and instructors for that summer workshop and in the end we weren't able to because exactly of the covid travel rules um and and the fact that british uh citizens at the time weren't allowed into belgium uh, so, so it that it did affect us, but I think also it it was the perfect time in that for Vincent River, for example, it meant that we had this amazing director who was available. We had two fantastic actors who were also available, and and I don't think in nor in normal situation, I just don't think they would have been available. They would have been doing other fantastic jobs, uh, and and for so for us, we we benefited from from the lack of work that was out there, and and. And they were, you know, everyone also was was so happy to be working again in theatre after so much time, after so much absence. So that was really nice.
0: Mm. And of course, audiences were champing at the bit to get back into the theatre and experience it again. Um, aside from COVID, uh, did you, you have any other main, do you have any other big, challenges? Well, it's not even a question. What other challenges were there? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean... Nothing, I guess, that was so massively difficult to overcome. Uh, There were, like, unforeseen things, for example, in the summer workshop uh, on the final Friday where we had this performance for adults and then at about, I don't know, 11 30 in the morning there was some fuse in the studio that we're using blue and it cut the electricity for the whole building where we were uh and and as we were coming to the final performance so we had to kind of uh rush around we found a battery-powered speaker that we could use we we managed to set up a few lights at least but it was it was one of those moments it was like this could not have happened at a worse time really but uh, you know the kids were fantastic uh dealing with that and then there were things that For me, as a, a new producer, you know, there are. I mean, I come from a theatrical background, but I've never produced professionally before. So there were things for me that were challenging because i didn't really know how to do them i think for me one of the most exciting and challenging things was right at the beginning of the journey of vincent river where where robert and i robert the director and i decided to hold some auditions um, in london we were both going to be in london at the same time we held auditions in august and as a producer it was my job to set up these auditions and i've never done that before so like uh you know okay great let's do some auditions how do we do them? So, you know, I asked around, asked a few friends, I managed to, you know, you, you, you produce a casting um, call out, basically. Um, and we sent it around, we we had to look at different uh, agents and saw their clients and, and kind of pass it around to different agents um, in the UK. And the response was really nice, actually. But that was just one example of something that I've never done before, which I kind of had to learn on the hoof, yeah, and try try and find a way through. but I guess I guess that's the the learning of all entrepreneurs. You always find a way. if If you want to achieve something, you find a way and you make it work, uh, yeah. And of course, the, it, we're in
0: an industry of great collaboration. It's like, it makes me think of anything. My my family are very handy. I come from a family of mechanics and builders and carpenters and stuff like that. And I'm a musician and I have no, very little idea about these things. But uh, if I need to do something in the house and I don't know how to do it, I go to YouTube and someone somewhere will have made a video telling me how to do that. In the arts, it's sort of like that, but in with real people, isn't it? Anything that you haven't done before someone will be out there and willing to collaborate with you and help you and say right this is what you do go for this
1: yeah I mean I think you're touching on the importance of network in 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 that question and and that's been you know everyone always tells you that network is important in any career and I think I've really especially starting something from scratch it's really it's really really important and I think that because of my background in UK theatre that's in a way Something that's a bit unique that I'm bringing to the mix here in Brussels. And that's something really exciting. But at the same time, I'm completely, or I was at the beginning, completely lacking the network within here and in in brussels and so that's something that we've been really focusing on uh, a lot especially together with 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 my uh, business partner eva we've really been uh, trying to you know it's it's, it's about telling people about the project basically and letting them know and 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 seeing what support there is and who can help and who might be interested in helping but before i started this project i had quite i guess quite a limited expat uh, network focused on foreign policy issues which is great but not really when you're setting up a theater so yeah we've been working a lot on that as well
0: so just um finally on on sort of another challenge before before we go on to talk about the the green pastures of all the the positive and all the success um, that you've had because all these challenges do eventually lead to that you know they lead to creation of theater and um, and outreach participation kids and adults coming along and experiencing the wonderful world and all the all the benefits that theater and uh, can provide um getting audiences in we've already touched a little bit on covid um, uh, and how challenging that's made just organizing things. How about the reception, you know to people in Brussels? Because um, English language theater in Brussels isn't isn't new, is it? you know you're not sort of making a, a big statement about being being completely a new idea or or the only people that do it far from, but you, you are trying to do something a bit different. So how how what's the reception been like to people from people in Brussels? Some people who are already producing uh, English language theater in Brussels. Seem to think they was they were having their toes stepped upon or something. How did you how did you manage to deal with that or can you explain it slightly better? than <laughs> I've just done rather clumsily.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, I also exactly exactly have never ever wanted to step on anyone's toes. You know, the city is English friendly enough, as in it's the second most widely spoken language in the city. A third of the inhabitants, so that's um 400,000 people, speak English well or very well, so at a high level. Over 200,000 people here work because of the international institutions. And Belgians themselves have, have great English. So it's a very English-friendly city, one of the most English-friendly cities. And that's that's partly because of the, the weird specificities of Brussels, which is uh, notionally a bilingual city, French-Dutch. So from, from my point of view, you know, there is room for different actors and different organisations to do things in English. And what for me was important in starting the Bridge Theatre is to bring professional theatre here to Brussels. Now, obviously, I'm aware I, I lived in Brussels since 2015. And so there is like a, a rich or so heritage here of amateur English language theatre companies here. And they produce great work. And also some of those people involved are ex-professionals or even continuing professionals who are kind of using the chance to perform in English here in Brussels in in the city that they live in. Uh, You know, I I welcome any conversation that we can have with all people who do English language activities, especially theatrical activities here in, in Brussels. That, I mean that's part of the reason why why we started uh the bridge theater in a way because because there is already a rich heritage of English language theater in this city it's an enormously uh, English friendly city and you have yes these six uh amateur theater groups who produce work uh, as, as we discussed actually in the very first episode that the that, that, that we did and you also have other groups doing things in English you have you have these Im- improvisation groups who do classes and also uh performances in English uh, you have Have this place called Acting Studio Brussels, which provides more kind of serious training for people who really want to really want to focus on on acting. So there is a whole um, world of English language theatre out there for those who want to perform and for those who want to train. And. Yeah, so 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 we're not, uh, you know, we're trying to provide something that perhaps isn't isn't so readily available in Brussels at the moment, which is professional theatre in English. Which yes, you can sometimes access at some of the Flemish theatres here, uh, but it's a bit uh, hit and miss. You don't know when they're coming. It's it's also about uh, a lot of the people we speak to. They 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 don't know that these English language theatres, these English language productions, uh, are happening. Similarly, the Belgians are not aware of these English language theatre groups either. I mean, yes, OK, some, some people um, get involved. But apart from that, it's a, it's a relatively um, niche field, let's say. So so our, our aim is to bring English language theatre for all of Brussels. And I think we kind of saw that in the audience uh, who attended uh, Vincent River. Uh, you know, I mean, we don't have any solid statistics but I can tell you from a, a roughly kind of keeping an eye on the kind of names that we had uh, of people coming there were a lot of people from I don't know Eastern Europe for example a lot of Polish coming and so it wasn't and a lot of Flemish I have to say so it, so it, it, it was a mixed bag of people who wanted to come and enjoy the theatre uh, enjoy intense theatre because Vincent Biff was quite intense and see something that isn't usually available in Brussels this kind of uh, the, these these two terrific actors, um, uh, directed by Robert, who who has directed all around uh, Europe in different places and opera and and theatre and all these different things, like a fantastic opportunity for everyone.
0: Mm, mm. It was a great show as well. I really enjoyed it. It was very affecting. I left in a bit of a daze after I saw the uh, the final studio run. It was um, it's an amazing piece of theatre. moving into the positives that's your that's your first production in the bag you have produced a piece of theatre and it is it is I mean obviously as much as it is uh Roberts and, and the actors and, and the creators the technicians everyone that went into it it is the bridge it is the bridge production of Vincent River which is very exciting so do you think we'll do you think we'll see it again or are we going to be too are you going to be too busy f- figuring out the next new thing to do
1: uh, we, we we do have in mind uh, potentially bringing it out at another uh, occasion not in Brussels but perhaps somewhere else in, in Europe or, or elsewhere um, you know that is, is in the thinking but I think our priority here in Brussels is really to move forward move forward with our longer term goals which is to establish a, a permanent home of English language theatre somewhere in the city and that's really what we're aiming towards at the moment
0: How's that journey going? Have you got are people coming forward with ideas, or are you are you finding potential locations?
1: Yeah, again, this this is kind of about networking and knowing the city and knowing uh, the different uh, levers of power and knowing uh, kind of the trends in 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 what is happening in urban planning in general. Uh, I think again, because of COVID, we're at this very interesting point in how cities function in the. Uh, you know office spaces are generally going to decrease uh, within the city there's a lot of I I can't quite remember the statistic but it's roughly 13 to 18 percent of the office space currently in Brussels is empty Um, and there's going to be a lot of conversion of these places into you know housing or other other things at the same time uh, Brussels is going uh, undergoing a little uh, a bit of a Urban regeneration and, their, and, and the regional government is really trying to m- make the city basically more more livable, more green, less trafficy, uh, more culture in the wider sense of things. And I think that from the the region point of view, and also from the the, the very specific kind of borough council commune point of view, uh, there there is great interest in seeing this project succeed and that's really good but at the same time ultimately in order to to have this this venture successful we need to find somewhere and we are making progress on this and, and I, but I think it has to come from us essentially we have to f- locate this place and a uh, 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 kind of propose things towards different actors and see see if that's um achievable yeah so we have I have a few places in mind for this and we're still Exploring things. I mean for us you know this is a long it's, it's twofold. it's a long- term project to establish a home. but at the same time, what we've found and what's what's a little frustrating about Brussels is that it's very hard to find places to do activities just to rent on a normal basis so either either if you're looking at theaters they're all booked up post covid there's all this backlog of work there it's, it's quite hard to actually find a slot or you can only find a slot for a few days or something or also rehearsal venues they're extremely limited in this city they're at, and expensive so uh, you got this both from re- rehearsals or like workshops classes it's difficult to find somewhere and then also the venue for 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 performances it's also difficult to find somewhere so with that in mind and because we know that it will take a few years before we find or develop our own permanent home we're also looking at the same time at establishing a temporary home temporary being one to three years somewhere as well and that might be a more smaller scale kind of rough and ready thing that that for us is is eas- not too expensive to make into a theatre because because theatre is expensive but allows us to do the activities that we want to do because at the moment that's the key constraining factor is not having places to do activities.
0: Maybe as you say maybe the opportunities are in in the city because I know the the, the venue you rehearsed in in London was essentially uh, as, as often arts, arts venues uh, certainly rehearsal studios anyway that you know theatres is slightly different because obviously you need capacity you need to be able to bring people in and a sort of theoretically maybe a performance space uh, along with all the tech and lighting and sound rigs that might come along with it but in terms of rehearsals, it can essentially happen in, in, in some very flexible spaces, I've been in converted warehouses um, old storage facilities, garages and even office buildings and essentially the place that you rehearsed in in London was actually it's, it appeared to be a converted um, office, sort of office building in, in near Liverpool Street and um, so maybe that's where the opportunity lies in in Brussels as well, because it's it's the same sort of thing in London. There's a lot of, uh, uh, how you say, a lot a lot of properties now in the middle in the centre of London, which were office buildings, business centres, are just not being used, and, and businesses are finding, with only you know two thirds of their normal staffing in at any one time, that they've got a whole two or three floors that they could let out, for example, to. Uh, a young theatre company to come and and rehearse. So if you're listening and you own (laughs) or have a lease on an office building in Brussels, perhaps drop us a line.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, and that's why our conversations, yes, we're we're, we're having conversations with estate agents and we're having conversations uh, with uh, Brussels regional government and also the, the communes, uh, as well as the communities. But also we're talking to property development companies, the people who actually manage and run these big office spaces or are building these big new complexes. We're talking... Uh, um, to to other actors as well who who like like co-working spaces for example who may also be interested in collaborating so there's a, there's a whole like world out there of of opportunities we see especially for rehearsal spaces it's just about um, yeah piecing it all together at this point so
0: a, a, another bit of a catch-all question maybe what what's what's been your personal highlight of the
1: year of your first year difficult because cuz it's been it's been so um, <laughs> cuz it's all been so much fun <laughs> so much to think about and I'm still processing I guess, I, guess I, I I was I mean I was lucky to have 2 weeks of quite quite quiet rest over christmas and that allowed me to kind of uh reflect a little bit I think I think the thing that sticks in the memory is the final night of Vincent River uh that was um quite a thing it was it was it was so nice to work with that team of people and uh to be in that space in full circle in excel and uh and undergo undergo that process uh and and i was you know i watched most of the performances uh so i was with with the actors kind of all the way through and that was so nice to be a part of and then also because because the day after we had all together now so so it was a very it was kind of like a it was a there wasn't enough time for emotion to, to feel the the emotion although it kind of was there but i tried to to save it for then the day after where we had a a big, a big kind of you know we only had the theater for one day so we had to do do the to, to do the get in so make sure the and, and and the rigging of all the lights and the sound checks and the technical rehearsal the dress rehearsal and then the two performances in the evening so it was a busy day um all in one day i know i know it was, it was a bit it was it was intense but that was Re- that worked really well and that was uh, really really good fun and, and 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 also for me I guess the contrast between going from Vincent River which was this this very heavy intense two-hander play in the round in a studio space uh to then going into a Proscenium arch theatre with a cast of forty people all singing, dancing, musical theatre. Uh, I mean, that that's kind of I enjoy I enjoy the those contrasts in theatre that you can get, and I was really uh, proud of everyone involved, and and so happy that 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 I was part of facilitating that. So I guess that was probably the highlight.
0: So I was going to say you mentioned you mentioned there the um, you know not having time yourself to uh, to really uh, to reflect properly and until until quite a lot quite a lot later you know you you were talking there about uh, events that happened in October November and then having time to reflect on them in January um you obviously this podcast is not just an advert for the for the bridge um it is it is about the creation of a theatre and as we've already discussed a major aspect of that is is you you pouring your life and ideas into this into this project it's great to hear that you're gradually building the team around you you've got people who now who are also signed on to the project and doing things for you um you're building your team up but if you are comfortable with it what you know can you talk personally as well about uh, not just the sort of the business implications of the bridge but what's it taking from you or of you to to, to set this up and as as well as a huge amount of time, you must be tired, <laughs> all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was extremely tired and stressed at the end of Vincent River. That that period was very, very, very difficult. Uh, I think that I, I'm, you know, it's about again, it's it's just the entrepreneurial world, I guess, isn't it? When you're setting up your own thing, and you need to be able to put limits on yourself, and and take breaks, and and pace yourself. As much as possible, which I try to do, but at the same time, there's always seems something that needs to be done, or that I want to do, or or I or I feel that the time is always passing by too quickly, and we're not going to get to the goals that we have uh, set for ourselves. So, yeah, for for me, it's it's this balance between basically doing too much and 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 and, and trying to find some time for myself. I think probably my um, there, there, there were two bad days for me. I think one was actually at the the, the first day of the summer workshop, which it was it was a, a scary moment because this was the first public facing activity that we did. So it was like, oh, okay, is this actually going to work? Is 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 what I had in my head is that going to function? Uh, 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 basically, are people going to enjoy it? And you, you know, we invite we had forty people, aged nine. Or ten to eighteen, there most of them didn't know each other. So you have all these kind of uh, no offense or slightly awkward teenagers, uh, like sitting in a room together, not really interacting, being a bit quiet, and the uh, the atmosphere was a bit like nervously hushed and uh, apprehensive. Like what are we going to do this week? And that that whole day, I kind of had that feeling. You know, it was it was slowly getting better, and you could slowly see people were relaxing but still that whole day I was like I I was thinking to myself gosh what have I done why why am I in a way why am I doing this because I wasn't I was too too um nervous to be enjoying it I guess but then the the second day already I saw such a difference and it was so nice to to see everyone getting involved doing things and and then I was like oh yeah this is why I'm doing it and, and and I and I started to enjoy it so I guess I was relaxing more Uh, Yeah. So that was one moment. Uh, And then the second moment was, I guess, towards 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 the beginning of uh, Vincent River, when we just we just weren't sure, you know, we put a lot of effort into the first few shows and making sure there was a big, big buzz. uh, and, And we weren't sure after that whether whether people would come basically whether whether the tickets would sell and and that was a really scary moment uh for me also personally because because we invested uh the the money into it there was no external financing which was extremely risky um to do uh but kind of we felt that needed to be done but it was it was making making this work Yes, artistically, but also financially, is is always extremely important for me. So, so there's a few days where I was a bit like, oh gosh, maybe it's not going to work quite as well as I thought it's going to, do. and then slowly, slowly, things started picking up, and uh, yeah, good. It good. <laughs> so it's uh, it's
0: ups and downs, but hopefully, uh, the 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 ups outweigh the downs.
1: Yeah, I think the thing. Have you even asked me my highlights? But I think I think the thing that I've actually enjoyed—I did. Oh, did you? I asked you for highlights. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. I think the thing. Well, what... you said it was
0: the last night of Vincent River. Oh yeah. I take that back. Actually, the thing... you immediately talked about the stress <laughs> of, of all together now. The day after, which you scheduled oh, yeah. for the day after.
1: <laughs> but the thing I've actually enjoyed most about this year is meeting the creative people that are here in Brussels, and it's such a, a weirdly diverse city that you have so many yeah crazy random lovely people here for and living here for different reasons they're not necessarily belgian they're not even british they're like other other nationalities here yeah and it's really cool and it's like and it feels and 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 that's really nice to to kind of be part of this community and 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 uh, discover discover also a bit more and 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 go for me as a someone who used to work in theater to go back into theater uh, a bit more solidly has been really lovely and really a nice feeling
0: beautiful well um we could talk for for hours for days probably i should imagine days yeah Um, Mm. but let's let's not do that because the podcast can only be sort of 45 minutes to an hour can't it so Mm. um finish up then ed so it's been really great to touch base um after a, a whole year of the bridge hear about how like i said how fantastically busy the year has been and successful for you as an entrepreneur but also for the foundation of something quite exciting this this english language theatre in brussels um so my personal blessings upon you
1: right <laughs> thank I you very much for well. that
0: uh, and good luck in and in, in everything that's coming up speaking of which you've got lots of irons in the fire what what is coming up what are we going to look
1: out for what's the next step yeah, I mean, actually, I can't really tell you, to be honest, because we're at this oh. very, very critical hour. Every stage is critical. But, like, I feel we're at this very um, critical stage where there are things that could happen. There are many things that could happen, but nothing is kind of concrete at the moment. So at the moment, we have our um, uh, two different workshops go- running. So we have our weekend workshops, which is one hour of singing, acting and dancing on Sunday mornings. hmm And that term is running, and there'll be another summer term uh, from April. So if anyone wants to sign up, uh, they can check out the details on our website. And then we also have our ACT workshops, which are kind of an introduction or or a play with different acting styles and techniques. And they're happening on Monday evenings, and they're open to anyone who wants to sign up just for single sessions or for longer. So they are happening. But apart from that, there there are lots of ideas. I think for me... I I mentioned at one point temporary location, and for me that is a. Uh, we have somewhere at the moment in mind for this temporary location, but at the moment we're not sure how long it will take to get through the bureaucracy to enable us to actually use that te- that place. So, and that that obviously determines what we can do, uh, and 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 how we plan things. So, in my ideal world i would love to be able to have a series of kind of um one-off or maybe two or three night events in june that's kind of our thinking at the moment in this temporary venue but because of the planning and building regulations here which we're looking into right now i'm not sure that's going to be possible but uh then if that's not possible then hopefully maybe by September we will be in a position to be able to actually possibly lots of caveats here possibly start our first season but I mean I mean there's all this like hope plan like we're planning and we're hoping for this and we're trying to figure out exactly what we need to do in order to get that done but at this stage it's all a bit uncertain
0: well uh, hopefully like the first year when everything also felt uncertain but for a slightly different reason um, and things just fell into place through sheer goodwill and hard work hopefully that's what's going to happen this year and you'll be able to run your first full long successful season which will be very exciting well thanks so much Ed for your uh, time in your schedule your busy schedule and your candour your honest and open approach to these questions um, it's been great fun as always thank you <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I shall see you for uh, for our next podcast in a in a month's time.